Good evening and welcome to Guys Guys Radio. This is Robert Manny, your host, welcoming you to the show. It is Wednesday, November 4th, 2015. It's November 2015. Unbelievable. This year has flown by and we still have two months to go. So let's make November a good one. Let's kick it off. We've got a great guest tonight. Author Randolph Rogers is also a hypnotherapist and a past life regressionist is going to join us on the show to discuss his book called The Key of Life, a metaphysical investigation. I just finished the book and it's very interesting. So we're looking forward to having Randy on in a few minutes. He's a, he's a very interesting guy and he's got some good stories about Hollywood and his past life regressions. Uh, I don't know if uh, some of you folks know, but I think I mentioned that I am an advanced clinical hypnotherapist and a master hypnotherapist, and I also have done many past life regressions and been through them, so we should have a fun discussion on that. Um, I always found that past life regressions are not exactly what they thought. I thought it'd be like watching a movie, but it's more like a kind of a flash and a feeling. That's at least the way I experienced it, and I found it uh, in terms of conducting uh, hypnotherapy on clients that it was actually one of the easier things to do once you get the uh, individual you're working with in a relaxed state um, you know trying or working to change their habits I, I eliminated the word try there if you've noticed but helping people change their habits to either become a non-smoker or manage their weight or sleep better or develop more self-confidence and be a more self-confident person um, I found that past life regression was relatively easy compared to some of those things because they required a lot of work. Whereas you get somebody in a relaxed state and you kind of walk them through the process. If they were uh, a believer or if they could at least explore past life regression under the auspices of as if, as if it could happen and just be open to experience what if, then I found Every time we had a great, great session. So again, we'll bring Randy on in a few minutes. Let's talk about what's going on in the guys, guys world. I just got back from my physical. It's been one year, well, one year less one week since I had my second robotic surgery on my kidneys. And I am 100% back and I'm feeling fantastic. And the doctor just checked my prostate. So I'm like, woohoo. So anyhow, everything's good. Uh, and I'm feeling fantastic. And uh, I had, you know what, the last week, though, I've been under the weather. I picked up some bug, I think, from my son's child care, and uh, I couldn't shake it. And uh, today, finally, it seems to have gone away, but it just lingered and lingered for like a, a, a week. One of those, like, you go to bed and you're sweating in bed and you cough. And then the next day, it's not so bad. And then it starts to get dark. And then you start getting sweaty and you cough and your head's plugged up and stuffed up. And, but, uh, finally I got it. I, I, my doctor gave me a prescription, but, uh, I haven't filled it yet. So, cause I think I'm better now, but, uh, I think I'll pick it up tomorrow. Anyhow, just to be sure. Uh, what else is happening? Well, here in New York city, it was over 70 degrees today and it's November 4th, over 70 degrees. That's a good thing. Uh, the colors are spectacular when you have a nice sunny day and it's warm it's really great, and uh, it's a really great vibe. Autumn in New York is everything the Sinatra song says. It's just a wonderful time of year here. Um, uh, for New Yorkers and for guys, guys, you know, we like sports. So uh, the Mets went down in the World Series. I have to admit, I'm a Yankees fan, so I can't, I don't have a lot of love for the Mets. But they got there, and they were uh, underdogs uh, to get there. And then once they got there, all the Mets fans were like, they're supposed to win. And they were like, ha ha, Chicago, we swept you. And everybody was celebrating. And I was like, mm, 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 mm. not so fast. The Kansas City Royals are a complete team. Last year, they went to the seventh game of the World Series. They lost in San Francisco because Mason Baumgartner pitched an unbelievable third game. And relief, he came in, released the last game. And uh, they lost, I think, in the ninth inning. And they have just grinded it out this year. And, you know, they, it was like when the Spurs lost to the Miami Heat in that last game two years, two or three years ago, and they came back the next year and they beat LeBron. They were on a mission, and I think the Royals were on the same type of mission, and the Mets have those 
three, four young starters and a real good nucleus when you have that type of pitching. But, you know, ultimately they made a lot of bonehead moves and decisions in the field. They didn't hit. Their bullpen was a little bit shaky. And uh, if you have these, you know, top flight young gun starting pitchers and somebody has a bad game, well, then things can kind of snowball. And that's what happened. The Mets, though, had the lead most of the time. They had a lead in almost every game and they, they blew the lead. Uh, repeatedly, including in uh, the fifth and final game when they were up by two runs going into the ninth inning, and they blew that, and they lost, I think, in 12 innings. So congrats to the Royals, and uh, the Mets have a good foundation for next year. Uh, We also have the Jets and the Giants and the Knicks and the Rangers and the Islanders and the Nets. I'm not even going to get into all of those. the other thing that's been on my mind is because I'm talking to a buddy of mine and uh, he said something to me today that just sparked me because I've heard it before and it's so absurd and it's about politics. I don't like to get into the area for Guys Guys Radio too much, but it's just this guy, Ben Carson, Dr. Ben Carson. You've seen him in the debates. He seems like he's asleep there and he's kind of gone under the under the radar. And now all of a sudden it's like Ben Carson's got the lead. So my buddy who's down in Texas, Rick Perry, Ted Cruz country, he's like, Ben Carson, he's the anti-Trump. Isn't he great? And I'm like, why is that? Well, look at, he's a brain surgeon and he saved all these people. I'm like, that's great. And he got paid for it very handsomely. And you know what? I had a surgeon worked on me last year. And he did a great job. I'm not going to vote for him for president. Then if you start to look at some of the things this guy, Ben Carson, has said about, you know, men become gay when they go to prison. Really? And then he backtracked on that. And then uh, Obamacare is like slavery. Really? Uh, Then this uh, company, Mattaham, I think it's called, he said he didn't do any promotional work, and it's like all over the internet, him and promotional videos. So uh, I, I'm sure he's a good guy. I'm sure he's done good work. If I need a brain surgeon, I know who to call, Ben Carson. If I have spirits in my house, I know who to call, Ghostbusters. If I want somebody to be my president, I don't think I'm going to go to Ghostbusters or Ben Carson right now. But it's interesting to see that uh, these anti-candidates, anti-establishment candidates between Trump and Ben Carson for the Republicans, they are, you know, caught fire because the populace, the Republicans are so, I mean, their, their constituents are so angry, so angry. That's like whoever can come up with the most outlandish statements. Like, that's right. That's exactly what I'm thinking. I'm voting for him. I mean, if you look at what Trump's doing, I think Trump can actually win the whole thing, the whole enchilada if he's smart. What he needs to stop doing is because he kind of got over the first hurdle. First, it was the guy from The Apprentice. Then it was build the wall to Mexico. Now, I still think he should back off the wall talk because it's absurd. You're not going to build a wall. You're not going to deport 11 million people. Not going to happen. I understand the issue of solidifying the border is a real issue. How you do it, there are many different ways, but something's got to be done, granted. He's got high energy, a lot of chi. I think he's actually well-intended. And I think he has the confidence that he can, thinks he can solve a lot of problems. That's all good. And he doesn't seem to care too much about politics and doing things the way they have been. Good. But he's lashing out indiscriminately at everyone. And at a certain point, since now he's been you know, hanging on pretty high in the polls for about four months, he needs to shift gears a little bit. He needs to get into the presidential mode. He needs to be above the fray. You know, he doesn't have to bitch slap Jeb Bush anymore. Let Jeb Bush dig himself out of whatever hole he's in. You know, picking fights with Marco Rubio and and these other Rand Paul. It's like you don't have to do that if you have the the you know the polls are supporting you in such overwhelming fashion. Think about ideas. Whenever I talk to my friends and I'm I'm like, I've got problems with the Democrats. I like Obama. He's done some good things. I don't like his stand on GMOs. He doesn't have one. 
I don't like his stand on the NSA, uh, but I assume that he's had to make some compromises to get some things done and to get into office. You know, people tear down Obamacare, and you can. It's very easy to pick apart. That was a compromise, and it was a compromise with the Republicans. And as soon as it went through, the Republicans have been after destroy all about is destroying it. So, you know, regardless what your politics are, you, you got to try to look at things objectively and come up with ideas. And my problem with the Republicans right now is that I'm I'm watching these debates. I'm not hearing ideas except for five different versions of the flat tax, which is a 50 year old idea. I remember Steve Forbes had that when he was running back in the 70s, I think. And nothing's changed. And the problem with the flat tax is that the corporations, the biggest, biggest corporations have found ways of getting around paying any taxes. So they're not going to help you get a flat tax. So they've got some problems. The Republicans have to come up with ideas instead of Hillary, Benghazi, Hillary, Benghazi, Hillary, Benghazi, Saunders, Bernie, socialist, Bernie, socialist, Bernie, socialist. You have to come up with something. You have to come up with some ideas. If they come up with some ideas, you know, they have a shot. The, the, the electorate is pissed off. They don't believe in the economic repub- uh, recovery. And uh, for good reason. The can is being kicked down the road for the economy. I'm glad things are good. I'm glad my funds are doing well. But it's not ultimately sustainable in the long run until they figure out how to raise the interest rate rates without popping the whole bubble, et cetera, et cetera. And you've got a lot of other problems, geopolitical problems around the world. So anyhow, I will get off my soap opera soapbox right now. And let's talk about past life regressions, because when you get into past lives, you can learn a lot about who you are and learn a lot about this life. And what I found was I went through eight past life regressions and I found that I was basically the same person from a uh, internal standpoint for those lives. Uh, You know, there were different versions of me, but they were all me. And um, I was never, as far as I knew, at least for the lives I went through, I wasn't some superstar or super famous person. I did have some leadership roles and stuff, but um, I was me and I was in positions that reflected my life experience now. So I found it very interesting and, and helpful. And uh, most of the times I was a guy too, which is, uh, which is interesting. But uh, our guest who I'm going to bring out now, Randy Rogers, uh, he's a former Hollywood producer. He is now a hypnotherapist specializing in past life regressions. He's also president of Telefilm, a production company that's handled the promotion of so many Hollywood blockbusters. I mean, I'm talking about really big movies. The Matrix, Harry Potter, Pearl Harbor, Batman, Superman, Shrek, Indiana Jones. I mean, this guy's been a titan in Hollywood, and he's had several Emmy nominations and numerous press club club awards. He lives in Oregon. What happened to him is his uh, somebody he knew uh, passed away, a woman named Kathy, and she became, began kind of contacting him from the the next plane, if you will. And uh, Randy went on a journey to find out what he could learn and all about her. So I'm going to bring him on, bring him on just in a moment, but I want to let everybody know. If you want to call in and ask a question about past life regressions, I mean, we can't do it on the show tonight, but you can call in and ask about it. 347-945-5834. 347-945-5834. And remember that all of our Guys Guys Radio podcasts are available on iTunes, and you can catch me on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and at robertmanny.com. So without further ado, our guest, Randy Rogers. Good evening, Randy. Hey, good evening, Robert. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic, and thanks so much for being our guest, and forgive my political rant. I usually don't go there, but it, things are just so crazy nowadays. I can't help but at least like try to at least find some sanity out there like let's get real so anyhow welcome to the show yeah and uh, <laughs> well thank it, you it is crazy isn't it um oh yeah <laughs> yeah that's just beginning uh, something just i try beginning. to stay out of right now it's every yeah. it's a little too early to get upset about what's going to happen next november <laughs> i know 
your book is fascinating. Uh, it's called The Key of Life, A Metaphysical Investigation. And just to set it up properly for our listeners, um, I'm hoping you could uh, just tell us what exactly was the tipping point for this uh, to get you started on the path you're on now in terms of past life regressions and hypnotherapy? Sure. It, well, it, it started with a, a thought that passed into my uh, head one day after I'd moved into my new house and I was watching the sunset and I had this thought about a friend that I had known from grade school and, and the feeling that came over me was that she had passed away and I couldn't get it out of my mind and I, I just tried pushing it away and it wouldn't go back, go away. And so I kind of tried, the internet was just coming online then. And I was on the internet looking on these search engines, trying to find her. And this, this was um, clear back in 1995, 96. And as I searched for it, it, it took over a year. I kept looking and finally it culminated with a dream I had one night where I was awakened from the dream and, and um, was and what woke me up was Kathy calling out from the background saying, wake up, wake up and write this down. You won't remember it. And so I wrote the whole dream down and the dream took place out in Palm Springs. And and so I went, got up, went downstairs, wrote this down, got back in bed. And then I was trying to go back to sleep, but I wasn't quite asleep. I was kind of in that halfway state, just watching yep. this fan twirling around my above my head. And I had this out-of-body experience where I floated up out of the bed and, and I was there beside her. She was tell, uh, besides Kathy and she was telling me where she was, that she wasn't really dead, that you don't really die. You just move to the, like you said, this other plane of existence. And, and that's where all life comes from. And she was trying to explain this to me and I, I didn't quite understand what was going on because I had never had anything like this happen in my life. I, I wasn't in, I didn't even know what the word metaphysical meant or, or it had mm -hmm. studied anything like it. I was raised in a Roman Catholic family and grew up as a, you know, an altar boy and in the choir and everything. And, and, you know, then I finally shook the, myself free of the church in my twenties. And, and here I am now in my forties and having this out of body experience and these crazy things happening. So, to make a long story short, I called my mother back in Pennsylvania, told her what was going on, because I had been asking her about Kathy for over a year, but I didn't tell anybody that I was having these thoughts about what had happened to her. So I kind of got her engaged in it then and looking for her sister, her brother, her parents, or anybody that was around to find out what had happened to her. And in the meantime, um, I had a series of other synchronicities, and, and my book is about that, about the synchronicities. That's what I was following along this path, I, these things that people would go, oh, well, that's a coincidence. But I realized this was no coincidence. It were too much driving me down this path of trying to find out what happened to this girl. So um, my mom finally found her and um, called me and told me that she had passed away from ovarian cancer. And that's what I was working on at the time. I was working on a video for the Fire and Ice Ball in Hollywood right. on, on breast and ovarian cancer. And I knew this was no, no coincidence. So that led me on this path of following these synchronicities. And that led me to a Russian acupuncturist by the name of Lucy Postoloff. And I went into her office and I, and you got to understand, I, like you said, you had you listed a little bit of my background in Hollywood, but I'd spent 20 years as a newsman first, and I was a photojournalist. I'd worked in at for NBC Sorry. Nightly News. That's why I was doing out in Los Angeles, and so I had this newsman mentality, and I didn't have a belief system. I, everything had to be the truth. I always searched for the truth mm -hmm. in things. So I started keeping notes of everything, and. And like I said, one thing led to another, and this led me to this Russian acupuncturist. And they said, a friend of mine said, well, if you go in, she can put these needles in you, and you can tell her about your past lives. And I'm going, past lives? What is that? And I didn't know anything about reincarnation or any of that. So I went in, and I let Lucy put these needles in me, and I was just a, the perfect subject to do it with because that news background just let me open. I'm open to experiencing anything, and I'll tell you what is happening. And she put the needles in me, and bam, I just went off into this other uh, um you were you were trying to explain what it was like to have a regression session, and and it's different, like you said, for every people, for every person out there. Some people have it as a thought that goes into them. Some have audio, some mm -hmm. have a visual. Some to, for mm -hmm. me, it started up like a movie. It looked like I was watching a movie, but then seamlessly and and very quickly, as soon as the movie starts up, I became part of the movie. It was like you were in the movie and you were 
in this other place and time and and dress differently and a different sex maybe or a different age and and so I and I go through this whole past life with her. She puts the needles in me and I um, experienced this quick little um, <clears throat> past life where I was a Native American following this path. And, and I didn't quite grasp what was going on, but I, I had a good new. I was re- giving her a complete report of what I was seeing, what was going on, all these things. And so then um, I finished with that first session and then I was scheduled. I told her I wanted to do another one because I still didn't have the answers of why, you know, why Kathy was reaching out to me and what this connection was. And so I go in and uh, the next day, and that's when I had this, you know, blow out full blown crazy uh, past life regression where I was back in the 1560s and it was England and I was a girl and she was and Kathy was a girl in it and we were yep. twin sisters and the whole thing just took off from there. I was so hooked on going in and exploring this more and I was keeping a journal on everything and it became this book uh, called The Key of Life a Metaphysical Investigation and and it's a true story. Everything in it is true, all the names, dates, times, places. I was meticulous about my research and and following this path of synchronicity and not only did I tell Lucy a story of who I was in the past life but I told her how she was connected to me and then I went and proved it all and gone along and I would end up in these places and having information that I had no way of getting I just didn't it was I was pulling it out of the ether you know literally going to the other side and and um there's that's where Everything is on your subconscious mind is is the complete knowledge of every um, role you've ever played or ever will play, and it's all there. You can't um, pull it out in your conscious mind like we're you and I are sitting here. You know very well about your conscious mind, and that's what we're right. we deal with on a daily basis. Mm-hmm. But once you let go, and you uh, with either with acupuncture and later on, I ended up training uh, after the book came out. Everybody wanted to experience this. So I went and trained under one of the best hypnotherapists in the business, Dick Sutphin, and he had written over 20 books on the subject. And I went and trained under him, became a hypnotherapist. And people were just blown away. They were like, well, how can you go from being a photographer and a cinematographer and, and into a hypnotherapist? And I said, well, it's all the same thing. It's all about imaging. And I said, this, I'm not <clears throat> using a camera now to show you these images. I can't use a camera. I have to, you have to go there and see them yourself. And, and I, I tell people, don't, I don't want anyone to, to believe me out there. I, I tell people, don't believe is a bad word for me. It's always about searching for the truth. So the best thing is to go out and experience it yourself and go out and try it and see what what you come out with and and like you were talking about earlier it's very healing it's very it gives you a complete understanding of who you are why you're playing the role you're in today and it's all tied into all these past lives we've played in the past yeah that's a great answer and thank you for you know taking us through all of that that's uh exactly what i was looking for so i that was super articulate so thanks um Let's talk a little bit about past life regressions, and we'll we'll go into the book and everything, but what I found was that my experiences, even though I'm sure they lasted a couple of hours, uh, in some cases they didn't last a couple of hours, but a couple of cases they did, but they seemed very fast, and um, uh, I saw the key points of the life and then my demise, if you will, from an emotionally detached frame of reference. And, and again, as I said in the opening uh, uh, comments, if you will, uh, I didn't, I found myself to be basically the same person and just different versions of myself. Like in one, I was a pirate and I was badass. And, uh, you know, I got my, my comeuppances on that. I got stuck on a ship when everybody went ashore and then I got my leg pinned down in a, in a storm and the boat went down and I drowned. And uh, it's interesting because my wife did some work on me and she said she had a vision of me being stuck on, I never told her about this, being stuck on a boat and she was trying to help me with my breathing, clearing up my lungs, totally separate from my past life experience. But, you know, that's how some of mm-hmm. these things come come together. But for you, um, did you find, and I know you were everybody from Peter to uh, a Pharaoh and, you know, some really spectacular past life, uh, the twins in the medieval times, but 
Was there a thread besides the circles of people you kept running into along the way of who you were and how you were evolving and what you needed to learn from those experiences? And what I say and what and, and as what I'm saying kind of sounds similar or different, because I'm sure every experience is different, but similar. Well, there, a lot of there was Sorry. a thread running through it. There, yeah, there, well, there, was, there were a lot of different threads. Like you said, well, the, the, first of all, the soul family that you're reincarnating with is the same people around you. It's, it's, they're different roles. You know? Your mother mm-hmm. might have been your brother before, and, right. but it's the same soul playing them. And so you realize deep connections to the people that are around you. That's one thing that, is, uh, that it gives you out of the regressions. But the thread of... Um, I wasn't the same. I know you were saying that you seem to be the same person every time, but I always say, who are you really? You know, you're none of these characters. These are just characters mm-hmm. you're playing. The soul right. is what it's all about. And that's, right. yes. that's who yes. is you. the constant. And, and it doesn't really even have a, it doesn't have a sexuality. It's not male or female. It's just the energy that's driving the, the character mm-hmm. you're in because I've played women and I've played men, you know, <laughs> and you've got to be able to switch back and forth. And I think that's where sometimes you see all these crazy things happening in this life with people that can't figure out their sexuality or figure out this. And it's because right. they maybe have played a, a ton of times they were a woman and now all of a sudden they have to play a man and they just don't like that, you know. And then, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of di- different explanations as to why people have issues in this life. But um, for me, the um, the running thread um, well, it, it it had a lot of different – every life had something different that I was dragged over into this life. And that was probably the thread that I saw, that I had to overcome this thing or that um, phobia or fear or, or I have strong feelings about something. I saw that in different past lives. And, and literally I did dozens and dozens and dozens of these regressions with Lucy. And um, then during my training and other things, um, more things even came out there with, with Dick. Um, and, it, boy, it just answered questions that you had no conscious knowledge of why you have these feelings inside of you or these just even fascinations and likes and periods, time periods that you're fascinated with, you can't get enough of. Mm-hmm. All those things had to play in there. But um, w- what we really need to talk, though, about is the um, – the characters we play. That's yeah. and because people don't understand this. Because you did mention, well, I was this pharaoh and I was that, but for it wasn't all famous things. There were there was yeah there was one famous person or two in there, but that's I tell people. People don't understand. Uh, they they always say, well, why is everyone always Amelia Earhart? Why are there ten people that said they were Amelia Earhart? Well, literally, those ten people could have played the role of Amelia Earhart because the role of Amelia Earhart is continuous. It's not just something that happened in the past. To us, it seems like it happened in the past because we're on this timeline in this where we have a past and a future. But over on the other side, everything exists at once and it's all happening at the same time. And and Mm -hmm. it's a mind-blowing thing to wrap your mind around. Most people can't grasp and understand how can everything happen at once. But it's it's really a simple concept. And and I always try to... um, use the computer as an example um, for understanding that concept. You, you can have a computer sitting in front of you right now, and inside of it might be you know, 20 or 100 movies and dozens and dozens of songs and stories and things, and all of it's in there. And any one of them you can click on and start to play on the timeline, and you can jump to the beginning of the movie or the end of the movie. And how are you doing that? Well, that's because you're not inside of that mate inside the computer. You're not in the matrix. You're outside it. And that's what it's like to be on the other side. You you can see everything that because everything is happening at once. You can see the beginning and end of everything. So that's how we're able to go in and um, maybe go at night, have a dream, and see something that's going to happen ahead of time. Well, in, in reality, it's already happened, but we're, we've immersed ourselves inside the computer. That's where we are now. We're in this, if you want to call it a matrix or whatever it is, it's a, it's a, um, it's literally not real. You know, this world is just created by us and we jump in and we're playing the role and then we jump out and, and that, and we go into another role and, and, but it's not something that's linear 
by any means. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, you can go back and become George Washington again or Abraham Lincoln or play any role you want. And each one of the people, the spirits that go in and play that role, they give it their own dimension to the character. So there's multiple timelines, multiple realities happening all at the same time. And it's just a mind-blowing concept to think about. But we're literally... We're in our little movie that we've created here, and every one of us is a movie star. I tell people, you know, you want to see the biggest star in the world, look in the mirror in the morning, because the whole world revolves around you. You wrote this story. Everyone else is a supporting actor to you, and when we interact with each other, we we play supporting actors to each other within the, the play. But really, your life story revolves around you, and, and mine revolves around me, but like right now we're interacting with each other where you know I'm on your show I'm a guest here and we're sharing things and but that's you know exactly what life is about here let's let's talk about that a little bit more Randy um so sure. could it be then that for people um and I agree with you uh I always and I was that's what I I wanted to get at that whole I don't know if it's the bending of time or that everything happens at the same time and that you know you could have been Peter, uh, the apostle, but so could other people because it's just how oh, yeah. how things are kind of framed. It's not like you were Peter, so nobody else was Peter, or you were right, uh, Pharaoh, exactly. and nobody else was that Pharaoh. Everybody could have that same experience. So for the here and now also, when people talk about the secret and manifesting and all that stuff, that we have a lot more power that we don't tap or know how to tap in terms of scripting our own path in this on this plane. So, for instance, you might have here, but maybe in another plane of existence, it's it's one Oscars. It's just a matter of can you tune in to the frequency to get the result you want with what you're working on to manifest for the highest good of all. Does that make sense? Right. Oh, yeah. No, it it is about the frequency and vibration and who, you know, where we are and, and, and those when we get to that bend in the road where you have to go right or go left and there's a, everybody has a big dilemma. I tell people, don't sweat those decisions. If you can't make up your mind, just flip a coin and, and yep. the heads or tail, heads I'll go right or tails I'll go left and do that. And if you're on the wrong path life will push you back on it it will just beat you back right back onto that the, to the right path but you are on you have a destiny in here and you do have the illusion of free will i call it and mm-hmm. but it's really you came into this life with a script embedded in you to play this character so go out and give it everything you have don't that's why the people like you see like the Donald Trump's and the people that are out there mm-hmm. in front of it, they're not afraid of losing anything. They're not afraid of anything. They're not afraid of failure. And if they fail, they just get up and go and go on again. I mean, look at him. Hasn't he been uh, through uh, bankruptcy and everything? You know, he, he had everything, lost it all, and has it all again, you know, and, and because he's not afraid to roll those dice and go out there. But people that sit there and, well, I, you know, they're, they're afraid of their, you know, making the wrong decision. Well, you're, you're not going to go anywhere. You're just going to have to – you'll have that repeat karmic uh, lesson come back at you again in another life and another time, and you'll keep getting hammered over the head. I, I tell people there's two kinds of karma out there I found when I do these regressions. There's the, um, um, the, the, the karma that is constantly hitting you. Why do I keep having these relationships with the same type of person? Or why do these right. same things keep happening to me? Because you're not responding to the karmic lesson correctly. And when you do, then it will quit and you'll move along your path easier. That's the one type of karma. Then you've got the reverse karma out there that maybe in a past life you were this wealthy rich person who held the poor people down or whatever or treated people poorly and now you have it all being beaten down on you in this life that's because you wanted to see what it felt like to be on the other end of the 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 coin on the opposite side. I want to play the opposite role this time. And, and, and karma isn't some punishment that happens to people. The people always mistake that. Oh, mm-hmm. karma's going to get you. It's not going to get you. You're going to bring it on yourself. You're going to say, I want to challenge this because it's a spiritual growth thing. It's about take, otherwise you can't explain these people that come in that, that, um, um, a good friend of mine, an actress, uh, Jerry Jewell, who's, um, got cerebral palsy and the most 
challenging disease you could have, you know, in this life. And yeah. she's out there putting it out there every day and just the most dynamic spirit you can imagine out there. And that's because she accepted that role for the spiritual growth. At the end of it, her spirit will grow that much more. And this spirit that we're talking about, that's what I, I talk about, the connection with each other. That's us all together. And if you want to call it God or whatever name you want to apply it, that's who we are. We, we fragment mm-hmm. it off to play these roles. We get this growth. We come back. We may split again. And now I want to play my own brother and sister. And that spirit will literally fragment into two. Two bodies, you know, and now mm-hmm. that's where you get this. Well, all that it's a, um, you know, soulmate. Well, we're all soulmates. You're my soulmate. I'm my. Everyone here was connected yep. at one time in the very beginning. Was one entity that just kept fragmenting, fragmenting, fragmenting. But we keep. But it gives growth to the, you know, the universal um, spirit of all of us is is one entity. But because we want to experience everything, we fragment into these, you know, billions of of uh, pieces that are out there playing all these all these lifetimes on not only this planet but can you you can imagine every aspect of anything you can imagine is out there happening on another yep. plane of existence somewhere. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's, 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 it's mind blowing when you think about who we really are and 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 these roles we play. I, um, I always use the um, example because you know I worked in Hollywood with all these movie stars and when my when my book came out. Um, Oh, six years ago now in October. Well, coming up this December, it would have been six years ago. I was in this bookstore in Venice um, getting ready to do a um, a, a book signing and a talk. And there was no one in the store when I walked in. There was an old man walking out of the store, and he said hi to me and wandered out. And I walk in. I've experienced that. Yeah. Well, this guy, you know, I get in the back and this guy, oh, you're Randy. I read your book and he worked there at the store and he oh, gets set up here and I'll be right back. And he runs off and leaves. And I'm thinking, man, I'm not going to have anybody to talk to. And then two girls showed up and I'd been on coast to coast a, a couple of weeks earlier and they had heard me. And so they came down the store from Pasadena. They lived there and they came down to hear me talk. So I have the two of them. And finally, this guy shows back up there. And he was a psychic um, reader. It worked at the store. He gave psychic readings there. They had a separate rooms in the back that they did this. So this guy had run out of the store, and he dragged this old man back in that I had seen leaving the store when we came in. And this guy comes in, and he goes, Randy, I chased this guy down the street. I'd just done a reading with him, and I thought, he's got to hear your story. He's got to got to." Um, you know, it, 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 I think it will be good for him to hear it. And he, let me introduce him to you. And he said, Randy, this is George Lazenby. And I reached across wow. and shaking George Lazenby's hand, and I am yeah. so excited. And mm-hmm. I'll explain in a minute who he is, but I'm like George, George, I can't believe you're here. James this is Bond, unbelievable. Right? And I'm looking, and yeah, and I'm looking at my watch, and I go, you know, 40 years ago, 40 years ago on this very night, I was a 16 year old kid in Johnstown, Pennsylvania, and I was putting up the marquee on the State Theater to read Honor Majesty's Secret Service, yep. George Lazenby, James Bond. And I said, and you were my favorite James Bond. I said, I know people like Sean Connery and these other, you know, and maybe. Pierce Brosnan or one of the other ones and but I said you were my favorite James Bond and I said this is incredible you showed up here tonight because so many things have happened today and I said I can't believe I, I always say that these signs show up in my life when I need them and he says, well, you know, what what happened and I said, well, I said I literally an hour ago I was at the jewelry store with my then girlfriend and she had been bugging me to get married. I didn't want to get married. We'd been this had been gone on for years, and finally, I thought, well, I just got to let go and do this because I'm always telling people sometimes you have to just let go. So I went to the store and got her an engagement ring, at, and it was right before Christmas. And not an hour later, James Bond shows up, and I said, you have no idea why this is important. I said, because I said I what I was working at that movie that, and that was my favorite movie, and it's the only movie where James Bond got married in, and I always envisioned right. my life being like that, that I would have this romantic thing, and and you know when you showed up here that really is an incredible sign and he said but randy you know i don't know if you remember but that didn't turn out real well for me in that movie getting married. <laughs> my wife got killed and i said well i know i said i'm not i'm not telling you what i know what the what the sign is saying here but i'm saying it's just i 
you showing up here is so dynamic. He said, I'm telling you another thing, Randy. I'm going through this really nasty divorce right now, and I'm telling you this. the message is do not get married. I said, I'm hearing you, George. I said, I know what the sign is saying. I said, I'm just blown away that you showed up here an hour after I did this. And so I said, can I use you as an example tonight when we sit down to talk? And he said, yeah. I said, because it's going to explain to everybody about these roles we play and and how you should look at them. So we sat down and I said, you know, when you hear the name James Bond, what do you think of? Who is James Bond? And and I said, well, you know, he's a British Secret Service agent. He's got a license to kill. He always has his gun on him, and he has his, all these hot women around him. He's always on these adventures around the world to save the, the entire world from these, you know, crazy um, <laughs> bad guys. And I said, that's the iconic image of James Bond, the spy. And I said, if we went to the movie, and you walked in, and, and you wanted to see a James Bond movie, and you found out James Bond was a florist, and, you know, he didn't do anything other than you know, flowers every I said, you'd want your money back, wouldn't you? And, oh, yeah, you know, the, nobody would want to go see a James Bond where he wasn't, you know, the, the action-adventure spy thing. And I said, but, I said, um, and, and how many people have played, you know, James Bond? And so we started naming them. You know, you have Pierce Brosnan and, and uh, Sean Connery and uh, Timothy Dalton. And he'd start naming all these uh, players. And I said, Daniels Craig's playing them right now. You had Roger Moore. I said, and George, I said, you've played James Bond. I said, but let me ask you the most important question I'm going to ask you here tonight, George. And I looked him right now. I said, are you James Bond? And he laughed. He said, oh, no, I'm not James Bond. I I played him once. And I said, well, I'm not Randy Rogers. I played him once. You know, and you're not Robert Manny. You're playing him once. And that's who we are. I said, when you look in that mirror, you have to look past the image that's staring at you. You have to look past that character and reach deep in there and see the soul, the spirit that's given it the energy. And that's who you really are is that that energy. So, you know, these past lives. That's a great message. It was great. Yeah, it would be be weird. I said it would be like, you know, um, oh, uh, Indiana Jones and uh, Han Solo were both played by Harrison Ford. But it would be weird if he went home from playing Indiana Jones and didn't take off the hat or the whip and kept on playing the character. He doesn't. He lets go of it, you know. And, it's, and he's not even really Harrison Ford. He's a soul playing of that. That's who we are. And that's why we're fascinated with Hollywood and the movies and actors, because that's who we are at, at the base mm-hmm. of it all. Oh, that's a, that's a great story. Let, let's yeah. let's go back i want to i want to get into your book because it's a, it's a real journey um it's, it's an epic so for for our audience so your friend kathy passed she kind of came to you from the other plane and said find out about what happened to me and you went through a series of past life regressions and some of them was 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 with uh uh, acupuncture and then numerology came into uh, play and you found that this woman Lucy who was helping to facilitate some of the past life uh, work as well as Kathy and yourself were kind of interrelated in various lives um, you were an apostle Peter you were a pharaoh uh, Lucy I believe was Nefertiti or Neferniti. Um, and just going Nefertiti, forward, yeah, yeah. Nefertiti, going forward through the book, you kept running into different people and using numerology. And then you had there was a strain on your personal relationship. Take, take us further into the book as to what is the journey? Um, how did the journey unfold for you? Because there was a lot of challenges along the way. Oh yeah. <laughs> well, first of all, I was easy. married at the time, and my my yeah, <laughs> and my wife wasn't really jumping on board with it because um, mm-hmm. in the beginning I didn't tell anybody anything was happening until I had the complete confirmation of of right right before I found out what had happened to Kathy. I told my wife that I was having these dreams, and she said, "Oh, it's probably just a coincidence or something." It's, she didn't understand what was going on fully, but then I started to explain it to her as I was lead, led down this synchronistic path, and I told her about Lucy, and I went to see Lucy, and then she just started to think, "Well, this is too far out of, you know." 
out of my area of of even having any kind of belief system and and i it wasn't that i had a belief system either i was just i was just investigating it like any reporter or newsman would be i was still doing my job i wasn't you were, you were so off and joining a commune or getting woo woo I, no, I was i was gone crazy with work i mean we had disney and warner brothers as our two mm-hmm. main clients and we were we were between la and new york every Every month, it was it, we were out of town and in town, and just work, 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 work going on. And in the meantime, I was keeping journals and doing regressions, and 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 so that moved along. And like you said, the numerology and astrology and everything started to play into it. I start, I, I had other people come into my life that was an astrologer, and and I started reading about this numerology because this number twenty three kept showing up. Well, here it was right. Kathy's birthday, and a lot of events happened. Uh, based around that number 23 and had been happening in my life. And I started to realize the connection that I had with, with who Kathy was. And I mean, cause we weren't ever boyfriend, girlfriend or anything like that. We were just friends, you know, I just knew her, but there was some connection, deep connection there. And so it led me down this long path where not only was I telling Lucy, who she was, then I was going off and proving it. I ended up over in England. Um, I mean, the whole story I told about the 1560s, I ended up there at the castle where I was. Everything was, you know, there was just ruins there, but everything was exactly the way I described it. And I was lying on a table in West Los Angeles and had never been there in this life. So mm-hmm. I knew I, beds were dead serious things for me when i would see this kind of proof oh and the and the dream that i had in palm springs um that all occurred that's where kathy was when she passed away and i show as her sister drove me around out there when i connected up with kathy's sister later and she's driving me through uh, palm springs she said i'll take you over to where kathy and we're driving down i said it's that building right there and i knew the building everything was the way it was in my dream it was exactly with the the palm trees out in front and the and the courtyard and everything laid out though that's where i'd been in my dream and and that gave me the um drive to keep moving forward if it was if none of this stuff would have been matching up i'd have just let go of it but i but the newsman in me just kept driving it you know i gotta get to the end of this story but the story it never really does end it it does end in the book uh, uh, but it it continues beyond that today i mean the synchronicities continue everything continues and People go, well, why is your life like that? And I said, everyone's life is like this. You just yeah. got to take the blinders off. When it's, the amazing thing is when people read the book, they call me up and, you won't believe this is happening to me now or some synchronicity I talked about or something in my book is connected to them somehow, just a name or a time or a date, and they start to see it. Once you start to let those blinders down, then you start to see the, the connections of how your life is flowing. I, I always told people, I never... Because um, they always ask, well, how did you ever think you'd be out working in Hollywood with all these stars? And I go, no, I, I always, when I got into out of school, I just like jumped in the stream of life and I went wherever it took me. I didn't try to fight it upstream or say I had to go a certain direction. When a door opened, I went through it and it led me to another door and another, and I just kept following along. And, and it was an incredible career, you know, 40 years of of television news and the movies and and now I'm off doing this up here, and I've got a great life going on. Oh, that's fantastic. Tell us about um, the L.W. Rogers character who pay, plays a pivotal role in the book. Oh, yeah, that's that's the that was a real incredible part. Another synchronicity had happened when I was in a bookstore, and I this book jumps out at me that says Dreams and Premonitions, and it has my name on the end of it. it says Rogers, and and so I pull it out because mm-hmm. these synchronicities were happening, and and somehow I'm holding it in my hand, and I know about this man. I I just I knew that he was he died before I was born, right before, and Kathy and I was born, and I was telling people that, and there was nothing in the book saying about the author. I didn't even know if it was a man. Or a woman because it just had his initials LW Rogers but I knew it was a man I knew he was old I knew I, all these things that I knew about him and then I went 
searching and searching and researching, trying to find this man, and I found it. I, and everything I said was true about him. And, and then when I started, as I was doing the regression sessions with Lucy, that's when I met him on the other plane of existence. And he was the spirit that was, everybody has his um, spirit guide, you know, or guardian angel or whatever you want to call him out there, calling it out from the sidelines, calling, you know, calling out little, uh, you know, that, that, that voice you hear in your head, you know, that kind of uh, mm-hmm. the conscious. I, I mean, I was always told it was your conscious talking to you. You know, do this or don't step off the curb. And these things that just come into you, he was the one. And I got to meet him in person. And the amazing thing is I'm in a regression session with needles in me lying on this table, and I'm describing <laughs> this man in detail. And then I'm, I I go out looking for him, and I find his, the I finally get a connection to where his son lives and go out to Ojai. And the day I was knocking on his door, he wasn't there. And I'm, I go to get back to my car, and here he comes driving down the road. And I knew it was him right away. I'm going, that's him. Well, how do you know? Oh, no, he looks just like his dad. He was, And he was the same stature as his dad, which was extremely short, like five foot tall maybe. You know, I mean, just really short mm-hmm. guy. And I, I was just... I was awestruck when I saw him and know what I had been seeing in the regressions. It another that was another thing. It just there's no way I'm making this up. You know, I mean, I thought there's no way that I could be seeing this before I you know run into these people. So it just pushed me further down the path, further down the path, and and um, it ends up with a, a really cool ending in the in the book and uh, where you know you really do reconnect with all these souls from your past. And, and, and that's what, you know, this story is all about is that connection we have with each other. What, what if, um, let's say you, you go through this life and there's some people you meet and you're like, I don't know why that person's significant, but you know, your gut tells you this is a significant person. I might not have married them or become their best friend, but for a short period of time, you know, you instantly know them when you meet them and you strike up whatever type of connection with them. And you know, it's, real and then they may drift out of your life or pass away or whatever if you Mm -hmm. see that person run into maybe that person's part of your soul family and maybe you know you had the opportunity of having a relationship with them that was deeper but you didn't or you didn't treat them as well as you could have or whatever when you meet them and this is all theoretical i guess in the Mm -hmm. next phase i mean everything kind of doesn't go it goes perfectly but it doesn't go perfectly it could be you meet each other and you were supposed to learn karmic lessons and it's like oh it was you my bad or whatever how, 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 those things have to get worked out again or do people have a good laugh about it uh, the, you know the spirit family <laughs> the soul family saying you, you really screwed up you're going back as my kid or whatever you know Boy, you know, that, that that's something that I always wonder about because there are certain people in your life that you just, you know, you start off with one end in, on the relationship and it ends up into this disaster that you're exactly. doing this battle and you're going, what is this about? And and I, in the, knowing what I know, you try approaching it with different things and nothing is working. There's just no way. And it's because the character they're playing. It's it's like you're up against, say you're up against Hitler, you know. I mean, mm-hmm. he was right. play here to play an evil person. And, you know, it's funny because I tell people, you know, in, in real, reality, on the other side, we're all really all co- the same. We're all connected. Right. The souls, we're all friendly. But they're here to play this challenging role, and they play it to the hilt mean and nasty but out of that story of world war ii came all these stories of love and connection and Mm -hmm. people saving each other and doing that and that's what it was really about it wasn't about the fact that he had to play the evil guy and everyone wants to just hate him well it's okay to hate him but on the other hand you gotta be thankful that he was there to create those stories now, I, I because I tell people, if you made a movie, we don't make movie. We don't make this life to play it, to have it perfect. I said, because if I went into Hollywood and made a movie that was two hours long with a couple holding hands and walking through these beautiful flowers for the entire movie and this beautiful music's playing, would you come to see that? And everyone's no, like, no. That's that's no. That, there's nothing going on. And that's right. why we 
that's why we create this world of chaos and no one's really right. dying. I know 9-11, all these people went down in the building, but they're not dead. Yeah, the characters are off the timeline, but the souls that played them are still there. They, a lot of them are already back playing another role in, their, in some of the same people's life. They may have come back as a child that was yet to – there's so many stories of people that were born a year later and things that or you know, that they just mm-hmm. feel the connection to somebody that had just passed. So. I mean, I've had people in my life leave, and, and you know, sometime down the line, you just see somebody, and you're, whoa, man, am I connected to that person? And, and you want to mm-hmm. have some kind of, you know, close relationship with them a, as a, a friend, a father, a mentor, anything, you know. But when you don't play the role you're supposed to play, that's when you get into trouble. When you, you see these people that are teachers that are having some kind of affair with a student, well, Somewhere in a past life, they probably were lovers somewhere, but they don't know now. Well, now you've got to play the teacher, and they've got to be your pupil, and, and there's boundaries that's got to be set. And they just can't grasp that part. You know, that's the same thing with, you know, mothers and fathers and, and sons and daughters and things like that. You've got to accept the new role you're in. You can't be their lover now. You know, you're, you're their father, right. you know. So you've you got to accept the role you're in and... and um, and and understand why you have if people went in and understood more why they have these deep feelings they would be able to maybe accept that let go and and play the new role better now i know you've kind of touched on this throughout our conversation but um just for the benefit of the audience could you, what what can people i think you know my theory always is that people really want to tap into the metaphysical side and there's a spiritual awakening that's happening in different on different levels for a lot of different people. And some people are so burdened by just, you know, existence right now in our fast paced society with economic stress and everything else that they, they can't do anything spiritual, but, but being as it may, what can people, cause I think people honestly now want to ascend, want to work with their frequency. They might not even know what the term frequency is all about, but I think they want to be as good as they could possibly be. And they, there is a yearning inside for spirituality, but a lot of people don't know how to express that. Based on your life-changing experiences, Randy, what would you recommend for the day-to-day person, somebody like yourself, to start to be able to tap into your soul sense, if you will, to live a more fulfilled, play a more fulfilled role in this existence? Well, the first thing is is staying in the moment, you know. Don't worry about the past and don't worry about what's to come, but try to stay focused on what you're doing at that exact moment. I mean, Eckhart Tolle wrote that great book, The Power of Now, and and mm-hmm. I really be- believe that is a, a a good book and a good understanding of how to um stay focused in the moment. And everything else will just work itself out then from there. When you quit worrying about the past and worrying about the future, a lot of your pain will go away. First of all, if you're having any health That's issues true. and that. So staying focused in the moment and then finding those moments where you can go out because this um, re- this um, hypnosis and, and it's nothing more than a relaxation technique. You know, it's really right. to getting you into a very relaxed state. And for some people, that can just be sitting out there watching the sunset or reading a good book. You get hypno- hypnotized in many different ways yep. every day. So try to immerse yourself in just some quiet solitude and let, let your – Thoughts go off into nothing, you know, not not try to attach on it and then just watch what comes in from there. You know, just letting your mind go blank and and enjoying that peace and quiet. And then all of a sudden you'll start to see these synchronicities pop into your life that are just will just blow you away. I mean, it's I, I, I didn't have any problem doing it. But as a newsman, I was trained into just, you know, observing more you know, observe more and uh, try to just listen and and watch. So now I would assume that um, you're much more aware now, even, you know, with the news training, by going through the process you went through, that you're now a lot more open uh, and aware of the synchronicities and things that are happening in front of you that could be lessons or whatever, 
every day. Is that so? Oh, it is. I mean, it, it happens to me. It just happened the other night where I was had uh, the bracelet that Kathy had left. I'd written about that in the book, and I had that in my hand. I was watching the full moon, and I was, I was saying, you know, now I'm up here, and I'm relaxed. I'm in Oregon. I, what am I supposed to do next? And I'm holding this thing, and I'm thinking about the Indian that made it because it was a Native American bracelet. Next day, I get a call from a good friend of mine who had a project dealing with Native Americans, <laughs> calls me up and wants to connect me up with this Native American guy, and I was just blown away. Uh, and all I did was put it out there to the universe. What do I do next? Mm-hmm. And didn't say any, didn't think about anything, and just let the phone call come into me. You know, it wow. it will come into you. It will. It it works that way. It's it's smooth. It's yeah, but you can't look for it. You can't hunt for it. You just gotta relax. And 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 time is irrelevant. So don't worry if it doesn't happen today or tomorrow. It will happen. It, you you just gotta have the faith and let it um, mm-hmm. let it come to That's you. Great. That's great advice. Um, last question for you, Randy, and I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, did you ever ask yourself, like, why, why now, why me with these lessons? Because you could have just continued your life. You had a great life, great career, from photojournalism to Hollywood. Well, and then well, all I this happened. That, yeah, right. Well, that's why I thought it did happen was because I was this, you know, assuming person that just this newsman that would allow myself to experience it and and not have any beliefs that would hold me up in it. I didn't have anything. I'm just I'm just want to go out and experience what's happening. I'll, I'll let this person do that. And, and and it just worked that way. That's why I thought, well, this, that's why it came through to me, because it was a simple um easy person that would lie down and let somebody put needles in them and tell them what happened after they did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. So tell us then, Randy, where people can find your book and learn more about you and the work you do. Do you do anything else in Hollywood anymore or is you strictly up in Oregon? Well, we somehow, we just, uh, we just lost Randy, but uh, let me fill it in because Randy, uh, I believe he, I'm not sure if he has a website or not, but again, first of all, he was a great guest. I think we lost a connection with him, but that's okay. The book is The Key of Life, Randy Rogers, and uh, it's a metaphysical investigation, and you heard what it's all about, and uh, he's a great guy. You can catch him on Facebook. I'm a friend with him, Randy Rogers, but um, it's worth checking out the book. He's worth checking out. I really enjoyed the conversation with him. Sometimes we have technical difficulties with Guys Guys Radio, but just lost him at the end there. But anyhow, I hope uh, everybody enjoyed the show. We have another great show coming up next week. We're on next Wednesday. Um, I'll tell you in a second who our guest is. It is Angela Levesque, and she is a uh, a healer, and uh, I can't wait to talk to her and corresponding with her. But again, tonight's guest was Randy Rogers, the book, The Key of Life. He's an interesting guy and uh, has a really great story to tell, so please check it out. Uh, thanks so much for listening to Guys Guys Radio. As I mentioned, all of our podcasts are on iTunes as well as Blog Talk Radio, and you can find me at robertmanny.com, on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, And my book that started the whole thing is the novel, The Guy's Guy's Guide to Love. And please check it out. Uh, You can get the physical or the e-book at any of the e-tailers and some bookstores, but easy to find it on Amazon and uh, the other e-tailers. But thanks so much for watching, listening, uh, and for being part of my audience because I really appreciate it. And I'm having so much fun doing this, and I love spreading the word for uh, the work of all these interesting people. So anyhow, have a great week. And remember, guys, guys, finish first. That's all right. I, that's that's okay. I kind of just finished up the show. Will this right. little bit here we're talking right now? We'll uh, edit that out. But you did a, it was fantastic. 
and the sound quality okay. was great. And I really appreciate okay. you being a guest. I'd love to have you come back in the spring and uh, we'll get more into maybe we'll do a show all devoted just to uh, past life regressions and get into some specifics on that. But, you know, you're a really fascinating yeah, guy. Got, yeah, we, we've got I've got recordings of stuff that I've done and things like that. Maybe we can put something together and it would be fun. That would be great. Do you do anything else in Hollywood now? Or are you completely uh, separate from that world or, or what? Well, I'm, yeah, I, I pull, I shut my stage down and everything down there, but I brought my production equipment, some of it with me, so I have stuff to do documentary work. And like I said, I had this lead on this one documentary with these Native Americans, which is a really cool story, and I'm going to uh, pursue that some. But I'm not sure what I'm going to do up here as far as um, – I, I want to do more shows based around the metaphysical stuff now. Mm-hmm. And I don't have to be in Hollywood to do that. I can produce them out of right. anywhere now because all these reality shows are done wherever. You don't have to be there to do it. So. Right. Uh, I'm really enjoying life here, so I'm yeah. I want to do something up here with it, but yeah, we can do um, we can do another one, and um, uh, we'll you know we'll put something together, plan something out here, and that will okay. be fun. Well, right. I'll tell you what. Um, let me hit you up on Facebook. But I actually, I, too bad I didn't know you a couple of years ago because two years ago I did my sizzle reel, and uh, I'll send you all my oh. stuff. And maybe and I've have some actually some concepts in the reality area sure. based on what, what we've been talking about, but maybe it's something worth a conversation down the road, but yeah, it might be. Yeah. Send, send me your stuff and I'll, um, uh, I'm already connected, I think with you on Facebook, but I'll, um, yep. I'll take a look at your other stuff too on your website. Maybe Great. is that where your reel is or you have it somewhere uh, else? Or? Um, I'm not sure if the reel's on the website, but it's robertmanny.com, yeah. but I'll send you all the information. I'll hit you up on sure. Facebook and then maybe we can email okay. from there. All right. All right listen, Robert. Thanks so much. Well, you were terrific, oh, and welcome, I really man. enjoyed speaking fun. with you. And I enjoyed the book. All Thanks. Right. Take Ciao. it easy. Uh-huh. Right. Bye-bye.